0: Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars. Winners hang with winners. It is House of Strauss. We are joined by Mike Pesca host of the gist and so many other beautiful programs. I just said that. I don't know. Like are you beautiful. doing a bunch? Did I just make that up? I, you, invented?
1: I think it's I think it's 90 something percent gist these days.
0: <laughs> I did a live show <laughs> about Israel. Yeah. I have
1: a substack, but who cares? You have the substack. I'm gonna come to your house, the house of Strauss, uh, talking about my piddling little substack.
0: No, your 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 substack is not piddling, but this is why I'm excited. The genesis of this whole thing. And this this might be the most indulgent House of Strauss yet, Mike. Is that you texted me and yeah. I was ah I, I was so uh, complimented. I was so happy to see it that House of Strauss, my humble little podcast, was your top listened to podcast of twenty twenty three. Correct. And so after the the wave of affirmation washed over me. And when it comes to compliments, we can just really never get enough. Uh, it's the that moment of happiness before you want more happiness, as Don Draper said. I thought to myself, hmm, this presents an opportunity. Mike is a professional. He's a great podcast host. He has done research on me. And so I don't have to do research. This could be the podcast that I just go into without a thought in my head, Mike. What's right. your what's your podcast called? Is it called the Gist? I don't even know anymore. It's just all <laughs> we go emptied with the out. Soft
1: G for the gist. But yes, yes. <laughs> if people, yeah. Although if people are gonna look for gist, it's less likely they'll get screwed up than looking for gist. That's true.
0: <laughs> but yeah, who are you? Where am I? What am I? I've forgotten all these details. I've gone in without preparation, Mike, and I just figured we would talk about the podcast from your perspective and really anything else you wanted to discuss. It's not a hard format. We could go anywhere, Mike. So that's the that is the setup. I don't even know what you have in mind. I have th- 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 we are free flowing over here.
1: Take I'll take you by the hand. What is Spike Eskins' role on the show? What is his title?
0: <laughs> oh, the Ombudsman. He's or the Ombudsman? Oms- okay.
1: I will. uh, I thought that maybe there was a buds. If he's the buds, if he buds for Omni, I'll be the specific budsman. I'll be the unidirectional budsman. So here are some of my stats. I'll show them to you. House of Strauss was your most listened to show in 2023. You listened to 99 episodes for a total of, and this is the, this is the scary part. Two days and 19 (laughs) (laughs) hours.
0: You're not listening to the sped up version, clearly.
1: (laughs) No, I do is the thing. And I don't know if they backtrack that. I've listened to 375 different shows, 244, 2449 episodes in total. And they told me it was, uh, I think, 52 days worth of listening. So that's good. I mean, that's a good use of my time. News is my number one category, then sports. And Mm. you saw, I think it went one, two, three. And this surprised me. I think it went you, Bill Simmons, Mike Francis. Essa number
0: three. Great choices. Yeah. Great choices. Bill Simmons, that podcast rules. I'm sorry. It's not cool to say that you're really into it in, in media. You know, you you gotta be, I don't know. I don't know why. It just got that way. I think when dead It's like saying the, the Beatles are your Bill. favorite band, you know? Yeah. 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 But Bill Simmons, I after a football, after a big football Sunday, I like listening to Bill and Cousin Sal talk about the games. And I want to hear from them more than anybody else it's just how it is yeah
1: i love listening to peter schrager who actually was my camper at camp Laconda. wonderful Ah. guy i listen to i love listening to schrager go on simmons now where are you i think simmons is really smart when it comes to basketball that doesn't mean all his predictions going forward are smart and you know we all have our biases and i think he just always thinks Harden and the clippers are going to be terrible I think they have a way out of it. But where are you, as someone who knows basketball pretty well, when you hear his basketball takes, do they work as well for you as his football takes, which you know a little less well?
0: It's funny. I got so out of the habit of listening to basketball podcasts because, to me, when I was on the job, it was like eating your vegetables. And when I was trying to catch up and get a sense of things, I would often... I would often just go hardcore Nate Duncan. you know, that's the yes. textbook of of the mind right there. Um, and maybe I check out Zach Lowe. Uh, and now that I don't I'm not professionally attached to it, I just don't seek it out at all. So the the only Simmons basketball podcast I tend to check out are after Celtics disasters, the one he did <laughs> with his, one. Uh, yeah. the one his he dad, did with his right? dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that podcast. I even remember where I was when I was listening to it, it was a uh, pitch black outside and I was taking my dog on a walk and I was just, I was just really enjoying it. I was really enjoying getting the perspective of his father, that dynamic between father and son um, with informed takes. So, I like it in the aftermath. That's a whole genre that's difficult to articulate, but I think a lot of people they feel an attachment to a certain sports personality. They know that sports personality is really into a team, and then when that team has some sort of big disaster, that's where they turn. They go, <laughs> "Nick Wright, the Chiefs just had this horrible disaster. Tony's foot was uh, over the line offsides, uh, a horrible loss." I want to see how Nick Wright is going to react to this. Right? Uh, what's because his take going to be? You
1: yeah. you use uh, Simmons and his dad for the pathos of it all. So what you're saying to me and how I'm interpreting this is you understand the basketball. Duncan will tell you what you don't know about who's, ex- who's going over under the screens. And, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Simmons is fine with that. But what you really want and how I... Uh, think about sports is there's the sport it was played we see the players on the field Cutaway to the fans by the way if you always want to be in a network cutaway be in the first row and put your hands over your mouths as as if Mm. you're praying or worried and then they show you as the example of worry but what you then say what we then say is wait this relates to a person i know in my own life and i will say that Mm. whenever there's a big bills loss and i immediately think of my friend harry or whenever for you, maybe there's a Celtics loss. I was like, ah, yes, Simmons. He's yes, the guy. You know. For me, it's my friend Golder, an actual person in the world. But I listen <laughs> to Simmons to talk to my friend Dave Golder about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I and I don't tend to check out the NBA stuff in a way because I think Simmons is kind of on my level when it comes to NFL engagement. I am as engaged or around there as he is. He's probably a little more engaged. Basketball, I think he's way ahead of me right now in terms of engagement. I've got a weird level of engagement where I'm just talking honestly about it. I'm not trying to be a name dropper, but I talk to GMS and people in basketball ops all the time, but I rarely watch any games. Yeah, I and mean, one of the reasons why <laughs> I made this choice was because my son was coming home and he was reaching sentience, and basketball games are on in the evening on the West Coast, pretty much right after your kid comes home from school or daycare. And I just couldn't balance being present um, around him if I had to watch all that basketball. So uh, it's a little easier to fit the NFL into your life as a parent than it is to fit the NBA. And I think I, yeah, I just have a weird connection with the league right now where I'm talking to people within it all the time. And sometimes the GM will mention whatever winning or losing streak that they're on. And I'll just have to pretend like I know what he's talking about. Well, like when you, I no you,
1: talk, you, you talk you to uh, Andrew Bogut about Josh Giddey. You did the piece which you read on the podcast. And that's how I, I consume almost all your written pieces via you reading them on the podcast. Interesting. About Giddey's agent. If I told you that Giddey took his uh, mane of hair and has been playing with a crew cut for the last week and a half, would you believe Believe me.
0: Would I believe you? Or like, do you, you to know, know right now
1: what Josh Giddy no. looks like, what his last three I games mean, no. were like when his last triple no. double was? No,
0: no, no, none of that. But, I know, more check about in. Everything off the court yeah.
1: about Josh Giddy than anyone out there.
0: I'll be talking to somebody in basketball ops who will tell me, they need to trade giddy and this is before this yeah. uh, the this situation because he's the guy who can't shoot he's a point guard who can't shoot he's the guy who's holding back their grand plan and I'll talk to people and have very in-depth conversations about the fascinating money ball worthy book that the thunder are and how they run that operation but I will yeah, I will have no idea really. I, I will all I will get it all secondhand from my conversations and my group chats, which are still replete with um hardcore NBA industry people who are talking about it. But it's very it's very secondhand. It's very similar to how um I used to know a lot about whatever movies came out because I would read Roger Ebert's movie guide of the year. And I think I read his nineteen ninety seven movie guide multiple times. Yeah. So I felt like I was an expert on all these movies I never, I never watched, and I would yeah. have all these different thoughts on Jackie Brown and Titanic and whatever other movies you've seen. Came you've out. seen,
1: seen Titanic, tell me. I have seen Titanic, okay, okay. and
0: I watched Jackie Brown actually a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, so you know what I, you remind
1: um, me of? I have a friend who is into audio equipment, but doesn't much like music.
0: <laughs> mm, well, you yeah.
1: like basketball. It's just that of the of your triage of time, actually watching basketball is not what you want to spend your time cool. doing.
0: <laughs> you know what? It also is too. Is that I would watch the local team, the one I covered when I was on the exercise bike. Um, but they're depressing right now. <laughs> So the Warriors are not a fun watch. And I think that's the other reason why I'm just less engaged uh, in the NBA. But yeah, it's all it's all secondhand. It's all Roger Eber movie guide, uh, save for a game or two that I'll occasionally check out.
1: So when you're criticizing the and you were mostly criticizing how the in-season tournament played, but yeah. don't you, as part of the due diligence, have to watch large portions of that and not just see the garishness of the courts?
0: Yeah, I saw a few of the games um, and I was kind of in and out for them. I mean, the final ones were blowouts, so it wasn't like I was going to watch wire to wire. Right. Yeah, I kind of checked it out and I think if I were planning my take ahead of time, maybe I would have done that like a homework assignment and blocked out the time and watched it wire to wire, but it didn't really work out that way. I think it's a very interesting conversation. Um, I saw... Because it's this thing of the ratings for the in-season tournament are maybe around 5% better than an an NBA regular season game, which that's not worth the ROI. But the counter is that it's higher than the standard regular season game that happens this time of year. So did it work? Well, I think it all depends on what the uh, end-of-year numbers look like, and maybe that will just restart a whole argument over it. My main take on the in-season tournament... Is just that it's fake and lame. I mean, that's really my problem with it is one of aesthetics. If I'm just putting, taking my analyst hat off and I'm, I'm putting my fan hat on, I look at it and I go, I don't get the point of it. No one has explained it to me. No one has told me what the team is winning by being the best at this. You can if- say that. Oh,
1: so this is interesting. Yeah. First of all, the answer, the quick answer, is five hundred thousand each, which apparently yes. is a much greater motivator than we'd ever thought. Yes. Uh, for guys salaries are eighteen million, um, yeah. or LeBron James, who never had a chance to play in March Madness, which was apparently like the um, the the major analogy that was mapped onto the tournament. <laughs>